Welcome back to Talking Rugby, week six. Now, we have some exciting things happening this week. Rugby is finally going to be returning. It's looking also like over here it will restart. And sail sharks, whilst well, we're going to be talking about them. But let's start with sort of some breaking news from this week. Gloucester Rugby now find themselves without a director of rugby or a head coach. David Humphreys resigned as director of rugby this week after six years with the Cherry and Whites. So they will need to look very, very quickly to fill both the director of rugby and a head coach or one of the two positions. We did speak about this a few weeks ago. But then also, a name that we haven't heard in rugby, well, English rugby for a while, Sam Burgess. He made a extraordinary return to our news this week by talking on the House of Rugby podcast about sort of what happened in 2015 and how him and Mike Ford really now don't get on. So let's sort of talk about sort of the bad things. Let's talk about the good things, Matt. Rugby is coming back. It is. It's uh, on its way, isn't it? And uh, it's actually my birthday on Saturday. So um, both tie in really nicely there. Uh, I think I'll be getting up early and trying to watch the, the games in New Zealand. It's fantastic. Finally, we get some professional rugby union. It starts, like Matt said, next weekend. And all New Zealand Super Rugby franchises are going head-to-head in a round-robin league. It sounds really fun. Yeah, I've been wanting to see this for quite a, quite a long time, actually. Um, I, think it, I think it is the future, actually, um, with all the Super, super Rugby team, Super Rugby nations. Um, I don't know how quick it will happen or if it will happen, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the, this New Zealand um, competition. And it, like you say, it seems a bit more normal. Maybe we will see it instead of Super Rugby. So things are starting in New Zealand. We know that they have, I think now, only one case or no cases left in the country, which is fantastic for them. But Europe is still telling a very different story. So are we still a long way off? I mean, Premiership Rugby have said that uh, literally this week that they are hoping that the 15th of August will be their date that weekend to restart, but we'll only play if it's safe. Nothing's yet confirmed if it's going to be behind closed doors, but that's got to be likely, hasn't it? Yeah, I can't see um, any stadiums opening for the rest of this season. I mean, maybe you can orchestrate something how the fans stay two metres from each other and you have a significantly reduced capacity, but I think... um, that's um, that's uh, a long way down the pipeline and probably uh, wishful thinking, I suppose. But, so, yeah, I think it's a long time before we get fans in. No, definitely. And this week, teams can now move to phase one of training. And there is structures looking like they're being set and probably published in the next couple of weeks. But what, you know, we say that no one can really be in a stadium. And I think personally think that's going to be how the twenty. 21 season is going to be over here that actually it's all going to be behind closed doors for all sport but what do you think will happen realistically how can you see the game going again I mean we've spoken about the fact that rugby is probably going to be one of the last sports to get going because of how physical it is yeah I've I've spoke about it before like you say and and how we've got to be careful that it's going to be put on the news it's going to be put on um you know, potentially even mainstream TV, like you've got the football on. And um, 
if you've got an image of a rugby scrum, you've got 16 forwards packing down for a scrum and that doesn't look good with social distancing rules in place for everybody else. I think we've got to be really careful that rugby protects its image. I mean, I guess it's on its knees financially, but you know, you've got to be careful what the, the greater public think of it as well. And I know that the RFU have come out and said that, you know, the community is really what drives rugby a lot. And they've obviously come out with their community plan this week as well. But like you say, rugby has to protect its image because it sort of is finally maybe getting a few more following followers. Look at the 2015 World Cup, the 2019 World Cup. People are becoming more interested. And it's so crucial that rugby, especially in the Premiership, makes the right calls at the right time and doesn't rush to get a financial benefit yeah. sooner than they need to. And there needs to be some sort of um, emergency plan in place as well. Um, say if the teams do return to training, they do return to matches, they've got to have a, you know, a what if somebody does get positive, what if a player does test positive for, for coronavirus and then how are they going to deal with that in the media and in... in um, in actual rugby itself as well it is it is going to be difficult but i did read somewhere this week that they have things in place that the rfu development director steve granger said that there are three planned scenarios for a next season start a normal step september start something in late november and then january 2021 mm. so it does seem like you know they are they do have a few dates but what i think is quite bizarre is if they finish this season in august they've got what two and a half weeks until they start potentially start the new one in september so we've spoken about this matt and we could probably talk all day about it and it is something that we'll wait and play and find out but let's go back across the water <laughs> dan carter and Bowden barrett Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about this. Oh my goodness. We all thought this was a rumour, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the start of this New Zealand uh, league was exciting and then boom, Dan Carter turns up at the Blues um, in his Blues kit and he's going to join Bowden Barrett. Um, those two on the same team is, you know, certainly one that catches everybody's eyes, I imagine. It does sound like absolute fireworks and I really can't wait to see it but who starts at 10? Carter's got the experience and you know the old boy on the block even though he's not that old <laughs> but, but but Barrett's playing so well so is it sort of like a Charlie Hodgson role do you think? Yeah I, I call it a Charlie Hodgson role where when Hodgson was at Saracens and he'd um, replace Farrell for the last 10-15 minutes of every match uh, I can see something like that happening. Uh, what, how old is Carter? Is he 37, 38, something like that? Yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, I think he'd be quite suited to that role. But then again, you could start Barrett at 15 or something something like that. Yeah, no, you could. I mean, 38 is is a very good age to still be playing rugby at this level. And, you know, sort of the experience that he brings, not just as a fly half, but as a player, could be so fantastic to some of the younger Blues players. But surely, you know, having two world-class 10s, this makes Blues favourites to win, doesn't it? Um, I suppose if um, if you uh, look at it that way, I, I guess so. But, I mean, if you look at the wider squad, I mean, I, 
there's some really big names in there, but um, I'd say they're lacking a little bit of firepower in the forwards uh, compared to what some of the other New Zealand teams have got. Uh, you think of Crusaders um, in particular, but um, I think it'll certainly help the Blues. I mean, this is all, I guess we're all in uncharted territory, and particularly with those two players making their debut, we don't know how much of an effect that's going to have on the team. And obviously, a player like Dan Carter is going to. Um, make a lot of other players feel good and probably bring out the best in the rest of the back line. Indeed they are. Now let's look at some of the changes that are happening in this league. We're not a sport that particularly like change, do we, Matt, in rugby? We don't. It sort of seems to be a few years before everyone sort of gets the understanding of what the new high tackle is and X, Y, Z. But there have been sort of three big changes if you like red cards are now in place differently so a red carded player remains off the pitch for the match but a team can bring a player back on after 20 minutes what do you think of that i mean call me what you want call me a traditionalist call me i don't know anything like that but um i don't like it i think it's a real step back for rugby i mean we're trying to reduce the tackle height for safety reasons we're trying to protect the head protect the neck area and one of those stepping stones was we were going to have a lot of red cards and that is like a really harsh punishment and something that you need in order to bring the tackle uh, height down and I, I think this is a bit of a weak a bit of a weakening of that and maybe it doesn't entice players to go uh, for the for the low tackles as much as perhaps a straight redwood, if you if you get what I mean. No, it does. It does seem very weird because, and I hope that this isn't something that will stay. Because if you do a ridiculously high tackle or spear tackle, that shouldn't be rewarded with someone else coming on in your place. And I know that statistically, teams that go down to fourteen are more unlikely to win a game than teams that stay with a full 15 and obviously that's understandable but there has to be a sanction yeah. so it 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 appears weird and I don't know whether this is sort of just in place so that we can have some rugby and something played and you know players haven't played for a while and even if you get like a punch boots. even if you have like a punch in a match and you know I don't know Maybe it's one that we'll have to see and realise, oh yeah, it's actually pretty good, but maybe it's where the orange card comes in handy as well. Yeah, so that orange card's been proposed by World Rugby, sort of on the basis that high they believe high tackles are more likely to spread infection of COVID-19. That was sort of the basis of it. And an orange card is sort of a halfway point. You go off for 15 minutes, you then are allowed back on, but you get an automatic sighting. So sort of some an incentive not to make a high tackle I I see the appeal more in an orange card than a red card that lasts mm-hmm. sort of for 20 minutes but who knows but another rule that they have introduced is the golden point so 10 minutes extra time first team to score with a try penalty drop goal whatever wins the match it remains drawn after 10 minutes and that's that really it seems sort of a good idea get the game after 80 minutes, round it up and off you go. I suppose um, it might seem more attractive to perhaps fans that are not um, hardcore rugby fans, maybe. I mean, you're probably going to get a lot of those watching, seeing as there's not much sport on uh, across the globe. 
I mean, am I a fan of it? I, I don't know. Don't we need less rugby, more than more rugby? <laughs> um, I, I do know what you mean. Like, uh, again, a boring health and safety officer here, but, you know, if you... I suppose draws don't happen that often, do they? I suppose that's the way of thinking, well, it's all right. I don't know how many do you get in the Premiership a year, maybe three or four a year. Not many. But also, I suppose we only see extra time normally when there's a final, semi-final, <laughs> you know, something's at stake. And I quite like the extra time that goes to penalties. I've got really fond memories of a certain Leicester Tiger <laughs> match that you're, you'll know all about. I wasn't Wait, actually there. Were you not? No. It's like the one game I've not been to in 20 years. And you have sort of forwards trying to kick penalties. And I love that. I think that's just <laughs> so unique. It's it's brilliant. But we'll see with this golden point and whether it stays. I've never it's actually fine. been to a game with extra time um, ever. I'm trying to think if I have. Oh, yeah. Maybe that would be one for us next week. So if we've been... yeah. To a game. Remember the when. Fi- <laughs> yeah, remember when. And the final change that they made are breakdown changes. So the ball carrier is allowed one movement after being tackled. They roll away towards the touchline and there's an extra focus on the offside line. Does this not sound a tiny bit like rugby league? I suppose it does. I mean, it's, I think, you know, it's putting, it's enforcing what's already there, I think. Um, in, a, in a sense that we need to tidy the breakdown up and there's so many different rules and perhaps some that where the referees turn their blind eye on. Um, you know, it's something that needs to come in to be to be a bit more harsher and it's good that they're making the players aware of it, I suppose. Um, yeah, I suppose it does make it sound like rugby league. I've not actually thought about that one, but yeah, yeah I see where you're coming from there. I just... I think it's a difficult one because, you know, you're telling players roll towards the touchline. Well, I'm pretty sure if you've been tackled, you're at the bottom of the ruck and you've got four people on top of you, you don't know which way the touchline is. You don't know where you are. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, sometimes you can only roll one way. Um, yeah. It'll be in- it will be interesting to see how um, Super Rugby sort of make changes, yeah. make use of these changes and, and how it's implemented. And actually a lot of the world could learn a lot maybe yeah. from how they how they restart rugby yeah i think it's a pretty good time to kind of test something like this i mean it's not a established competition that's been running for years and years it's it's an ideal time to make a change you know that this is probably even more changes like the global calendar or the global season whatever you want to call it you know it's a time to experiment if that if that makes sense Time to get rid of the old and in with the new. Well, somebody, someone, some club, a club, who has sort of been getting rid of the old stamp and starting a new one in the Premiership is Sale Sharks. And they continue our series looking at teams in the Premiership and how we think they're doing. And Sale are currently sitting second. And over the years, they've been a really quality side, especially at home, really strong performances since they moved to the AJ Bell. But they never quite managed away game fantastic performances until this season they've just been really really good last season they finished seventh and steve diamond you know full congratulations what he's done this season is brilliant isn't it yeah they've got their heads screwed on at sale now um they were always a team that perhaps underperformed i mean you can see uh, they finished 10th 6th 10th 6th 
It was kind of a one year they'd qualify for the Champions Cup, one year they'd qualify for the Challenge Cup. And maybe the, the tougher competition in Europe was a bit of a distraction for them. But I think this year they've kind of cemented um, what they've got and they're, they're really making the most of it. And obviously sitting in second is highly impressive. And Steve Diamond did say at the start of this season that they're spending up to the salary cap for the first time and the pressure is on and that they have to perform. And it has helped them having a core group of South African players in that squad. We can't deny it. Okay, everybody would love to see a squad full of pure English talent, but they have some fantastic South Africans who are doing fantastic work in the Premiership. Absolutely. I mean, if I have to click, one of them is um, probably the... One of the highlights of the, the whole Premiership uh, this season um, and last season, he's been doing some really good stuff for sale. And he's perhaps, I don't know, maybe he played a part in bringing in the Deprez brothers. He did, he did. Very, I mean, we all sort of know and they've got the Curry partnership as well. And it's all going, it's all going good at, at sale. And hopefully they'll have a good season. But they have sort of hit them harder than sort of maybe anybody else in the Premiership. Out of the 13 clubs that we're going to be discussing, Newcastle's probably going to be hit the hardest. They could go 12 months without a game. But current Premiership teams, probably Sale or Worcester. What do you think on that? Yeah, Sale, Worcester, Wasps, I think, are the ones that are kind of, certainly from looking on, on the outside, that are kind of on the brink a little bit. Um, you know, Will Sale be able to pay up to the cap? Uh, next year it depends what sort of owners have got how how keen they are to dig in their pockets I mean they're probably going to make a significant amount of losses this year I, I can't remember what they lost last year but I think Worcester were near seven eight nine million weren't they or something mm. so the only club at the moment making money is Exeter mm -hmm. so it just sort of shows and you do feel sorry for them because they were going so well mm. And all of a sudden, it's just stopped. And yes, okay, that's the same for so many people across the world and so many sport. But they, like you know, they aren't getting money in, and they need to bring money out. Everyone has taken a pay cut, but you know, and, and Sale did say that they wanted to go back to training sooner than it was sort of agreed by Premiership Rugby. So they're proving that they are starting to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think, you know, they had that home uh, Premiership Cup final, didn't they, I think? And uh, that was going to be a big weekend for them. Um, kind of the their first shot at silverware, realistically, for quite a long time. Um, and yeah, they'll lose income from that. They'll lose income from a potential home semi-final. But we'll see. For, for a team like Sale, I think they need rugby back uh, I don't know too much about their finances but um, I can't imagine them being the strongest if you if that's uh, a word that we should use <laughs> well who who knows and next week we will be back with another episode of Talking Bugs Bee we'll be discussing another team and hopefully bringing some very exciting news about rugby and have a good birthday next Thank week you. Matt. And we will see you soon. Cheers.